It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What is going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. Remember, subscribe to this here free podcast just by going to thepetecalendarshow.com and then you click the subscribe button. It's very simple. And you can also become a patron of the program to get exclusive content and all of the show prep that I do. We do live streams, got bumper stickers that I send out. Uh, patrons such as Gary and Pamela and Juanita and Stephen and Nancy, Jim and Robbie, Jan, Daryl, Daniel, Jocelyn, James, they all became patrons of the program. Uh, and I mean, I don't want to say it's the best thing that they've ever done in their lives, but it's probably one of the maybe top 50, maybe top 100, definitely top 100. So um, become a patron, thepetecalendershow.com. All righty. So a piece by Jonathan Chait at the New York Magazine is where I'm going to start with the uh, the China lab leak theory. And if you've been listening to this podcast for uh, the last year, you know, I started the podcast and then COVID-19 hit, the pandemic hit. I'm just pointing that it's coincidental, people, purely coincidental. Um, and so this was one of the things that I explored uh, with a couple of uh, pieces about, you know, I don't know, nine months ago. Jim Garrity at National Review has been doing a ton of work on this, uh, did a lot of research, found like want ads and uh, and the like, classifieds that were put into the paper looking for employees for some of these labs that are now getting newfound attention. This piece by Jonathan Chait, it really is, <laughs> it really is amazing. So first off, here here's the too long didn't read version, the, the quick thumbnail sketch, which is... um. It's just this war in that SOB Johnson, okay? Like, that is the takeaway that I have is, like, the reason why we ignored the lab leak theory is because of Donald Trump. Right? Donald Trump's fault. That's the reason why reporters were incapable of doing their jobs. When Nick, he writes, when Nicholson Baker wrote a cover story for New York magazine laying out the evidence that COVID-19 may have originated in a lab in Wuhan, China, the hypothesis was still highly controversial. And I actually covered this at the time when Nicholson Baker wrote the story because it was the first example that uh, of breakthrough of that the story was breaking through to the, quote, mainstream media audience. And we noted at the time, like if you were. Uh, a consumer of only, you know, CNN and NPR and the, you know, the main legacy outlets, you, this would have been like, this could have caused cognitive dissonance. This would have been earth shattering news. Like you've been told for a year that this is all just some wild eyed conspiracy theory. Is it wild eyed or wide eyed? It could be both, I guess, right? Wide, wild eyed. Anyway, you thought this was a conspiracy theory all this time that those crazy right-wingers in their love for Donald Trump. And that's why they came up with this conspiracy theory, despite the fact that it actually makes the most amount of sense. I've said from the beginning, Occam's razor seems to indicate that this was a, a lab experiment that broke containment, a lab leak. I, like, there's another theory that's kind of related, which is that they that it was a bioweapon. Now, I don't know the intent. I don't know why they were doing the research, but... Um, 
the idea that it leaked from the lab seems the most believable. And this idea that, well, you know, it's it's a highly secure compound. Well, that's just what the Chinese tell us. And the Chinese are communists. And so you can't trust a communist. Like that's the Pete's, you know, hardened rule of life is you can't trust communists proven over a century. You cannot trust them <laughs> ever on anything. So Nicholson Baker does this story Um lays out the uh, the lab leak theory. And in the months that followed, uh, that have followed, he says, and especially over the last week, it's gained more and more credibility. A week ago, there were 18 prominent scientists that signed a letter that was published in Science Magazine calling for an open investigation into the virus's origins. This weekend, the Wall Street Journal reported that U.S. intelligence believes three researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, or the WIV, or the WIVE, um, became, that these three researchers became sick enough to require hospitalization, and that this occurred in November 2019. So, what, two months before it ever arrived on our shores, or that we were aware of it, right? in November 2019, lends more credence to the possibility of a lab leak. If you've got three different researchers at this facility that all go to the hospital before the outbreak began, or what, were they all buying the bat soup? They just happened to be working in one of the only research facilities that uh, that do this kind of work regarding bats and coronaviruses. And they come down with a mysterious kind of illness. They have to go to the hospital. And then this massive pandemic is released that is traced back apparently to bats and this coronavirus. But we're not supposed to connect these two dots, right? No, no, no. They must have gotten it at the wet market. They were buying the bat soup. And that's why they got it. They just happened to all be co-workers at a lab that did the tests on the bats. Yeah not buying it. I'm not buying it. Occam's razor. I'm an Occam's razor kind of guy. Maybe I'll do another t-shirt or something and put that on. I'm an Occam's razor kind of guy. All of the information uh, leads you to the most obvious explanation. Okay. The hypothesis is not proven. Okay. This is a theory, but this account of the virus's origin is highly plausible, says Jonathan Chait. And at least as well-grounded as the original story of an infection that naturally leapt from a bat to a person. This development would come as a shock to anybody who had been following this question in the news, especially if it's more left in its uh, more left-leaning precincts, okay, so among you know, liberal outlets. Many mainstream journalists, though not all, dismissed the lab leak hypothesis out of hand as a conspiracy theory, in part, they were deceived by some especially voluble, public health experts. Voluble. What's a voluble public health expert? Well, I didn't know, so I looked it up. Voluble. This is why I have such the, uh, uh, the expansive vocabulary that I have uh, acquired, is because as I read these stories, I go and I look up the words I don't know. And uh, most times I forget them after I look it up. But voluble means marked by a ready flow of speech, a.k.a. fluent. Okay, some especially fluent public health experts, they were missed, they were deceived. Reporters were deceived by fluent public health experts. Okay, what there's another definition for voluble though, and that means turning easily on an axis, 
rotating. I don't understand. How do you get two different definitions like that for one word? Rotating and fluent. (laughs) Uh, Maybe he means both. After all, these public health officials that he does not name, these are experts that are deceiving media people, voluble ones, voluble experts that are, I guess, easily turning on an axis. So they're changing their stories and they're very fluent in, I guess, what the science of it all. And so they are deceiving the media. And then comes the part that's my favorite, which is in part, these journalists simply took Donald Trump's bait, answering the former president's dissembling with full certainty of their own. See, it's Trump's fault that they didn't do their job correctly. (laughs) It's It's all Donald Trump's fault. It is not too early to grapple with the failures of the media, which reflect the wider struggles of trying to fairly convey the truth in an atmosphere deformed by misinformation. I love how it's like the media, again, it's like, oh, here we are on the outside looking in, we're just media, as if they're not participants in the arena. I hate this this view from the outside that gets adopted when uh, critiquing themselves. Rather than meet lies with truth, the media often met it with other lies. Okay, so what does that mean? Jonathan Chait is essentially acknowledging that the media has lied about some of this stuff, particularly the lab leak theory. This confusion surrounding the issue was sown in no small measure by Donald Trump, who used China as a transparent gambit to distract from his failure to respond to the pandemic. See, so even now it's like he's got to he's got to convey to his lefty audience. Look, I hate Trump, too. Right. I hate Trump. Don't you worry about it. I hate Donald Trump and he's to blame. He's the reason we're in this mess. It's all his fault. But maybe some of us reporters could have done a better job checking out the lab leak theory. But I still hate Trump. Don't don't misunderstand. I hate Donald Trump. (laughs) He's like bending over backwards to convey to the audience how much he is still with them, even though, yes, the media, we really screwed this up. (laughs) Now, if you're trying to avoid really screwing up a project around the house or maybe you're a general contractor and you need a uh, you need a tool, but you don't own the tool and you don't want to buy the tool because it's really expensive. Well, you can rent the tool from General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. They're at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. They are family owned and operated. They have been for three generations. These are great folks. They run a great business and you get awesome deals on equipment that you're going to need uh, to get the project done correctly. The, get it done right the first time, you know, so you're not going back and forth to the store uh, making mess ups and having like damage done. Like I've been there. I've tried to do projects with the wrong tools. It's it's not a good idea. <laughs> OK, it takes longer and it gets more expensive. So take my advice. Go to General Equipment Rental. Get the tools that you need for the job that needs to get done. And also they are your official licensed Husqvarna and Honda outdoor power equipment sales and service provider. So they've got all sorts of uh, outdoor tools as well, like hedge clippers, blowers, uh, trimmers, chainsaws, mowers. They've got the auto mower, which you just turn this thing loose on your yard and it just it, it you map the it uses the technology to map the yard and then it just rides around and mows the grass all the time you'll never mow again how awesome is that yeah it, it's so cute too looks like a little batmobile go to general equipment rental generalrents.com is the website generalrents.com and think outside your toolbox so jonathan chait's piece here at um two 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 this is new york magazine and uh, he says, you know, Trump's job 
uh, was to protect Americans from the virus, and he failed. However, the charge that the virus began in a lab and China was covering it up was never clearly false. <laughs> so, so like, so in their in their zeal to pin all the devastation from the pandemic on Donald Trump, med- what he's acknowledging here is that media ignored the very real and obvious evidence that China was covering up stuff and that this didn't just spring forth from a bowl of bat soup. Many media reports treated this aspect with the same skepticism as Trump's other lies on the subject, often blending different aspects of these claims together. So it's Trump's fault. Oh, sorry, but also it's Tom Cotton's fault that we didn't do our jobs. (laughs) It's also Senator Tom Cotton's fault. In February, Tom Cotton appeared on TV, uh, this was last year, to raise questions about what China was hiding. Cotton kept his exact accusations vague, perhaps deliberately. Quote, we don't have evidence that this disease originated there, he said of the Wuhan lab, but, uh, but because of China's duplicity and dishonesty from the beginning, we need to at least ask the question and to see what the evidence says. And China right now is not giving evidence on that question at all, he said. Then... He goes on to say reporters immediately began accusing Tom Cotton of promoting the most extreme version of Trump's charge, which was that this was a bioweapon that was intentionally released. Okay, because Trump said that, then the media, you know, we can't trust them to, you know, figure out nuance and decipher what Trump was saying versus what truth might actually be. What's a legitimate thing that Trump may have been referring to? Like you can't. You, you can't trust media to do any of that. So when they heard Trump talk about bioweapons and intentional releases and all of that, they just assumed that Tom Cotton was talking about the same thing, even though he wasn't. See, so it's Tom Cotton's fault, too. <laughs> the New York Times labeled Cotton's remark a conspiracy theory. The Washington Post put out a story with a headline, Tom Cotton keeps repeating a coronavirus conspiracy theory that was already debunked wasn't really debunked, though. The Post quoted an expert denying that the virus was, quote, a deliberately released bioweapon. But Tom Cotton hadn't said that. He was talking about a lab leak. He, he, nobody knows, right? So these are, just, these are just ideas. But it's pretty amazing to think that, like, the lab that specializes in this kind of research is just, like, a couple hundred yards away <laughs> from the market. It's, like, right there. And then the other lab that... The high security one, the WIV, the WIV, that's like two miles up the road or something, three miles up the road. Like both of these, they're two different facilities and they're both right next to each other and the wet market. And so the wet market is obviously the origin. (laughs) Uh, Vox.com scolded the New York Post columnist Stephen Mosier. Uh, for raising this question, uh, saying, quote, the Wuhan lab has the same safety protocols as top biosafety labs in the U.S. and Europe. And surely the communists would never lie about their security (laughs) at these labs, particularly after the release of a deadly pathogen. (laughs) No, they wouldn't lie. What 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 would they have to gain? Why would they lie, to quote Milhouse? The rumors of a lab escape or a bioweapon stem from historical amnesia, said Slate.com, a caricatured villain, and good old-fashioned racism. But of course, right? <laughs> this is what it was chalked up to. When you said, uh, hey, I think this may have escaped a lab, they said, well, that's just because you're a racist. Like, how is it a racist 
to say that the communists may be working on uh, on on bio research like that. And then a mistake got made and it broke containment. What about that makes it racist? The fact that they're really smart in doing, you know, bioengineering. Is that the racisty part or the part where some failure occurred at the lab? Because that doesn't happen in, other, in, in what, white societies or something? Or I guess, well, I, I guess it could be any other race, <laughs> any other society of a different race. I, I don't, I've never bought into this line and I saw it transparently for what it was. It's a, it is meant to distract and deflect and to shut down debate and examination. Business Insider said the story itself merely suggested it is a highly unlikely theory, although not impossible, due to the stringent safety protocols. An Associated Press fact check in December rounded up various myths related to the pandemic and described the lab leak hypothesis as a, quote, falsehood. Although the story proceeded to assert that the virus likely originated in nature. Likely, of course, does not mean absolutely, right? different <laughs> it's likely is not definitely and then there's politifact holds a special place in my heart for its stupidity and errors and uh confirmation bias that's masquerading as journalism this week politifact retracted its fact check that it did last year on the lab leak theory the the original article which politifact has left up for the sake of transparency opened with the following statement. In a September 15th interview, the most watched program on cable network television aired a conspiracy theory that has been debunked since the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. Quote, give us for a non-scientific audience a summary of why you believe this virus came from a lab in Wuhan, said Fox News host Tucker Carlson during the during his self-titled primetime show. Dr. Li Meng Yan wasted no time. Quote, I can present solid scientific evidence to our audience that this virus, COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2 virus, actually is not from nature. It is a man-made virus created in the lab. Okay. She made these claims. Um, John Sexton at HotAir.com says, uh, like PolitiFact, I noted at the time that her research was funded by an anti-communist China party organization called the Rule of Law Society and the Rule of Law Foundation. So PolitiFact concluded that the, quote, genetic structure of the coronavirus, which has been shared by thousands of scientists worldwide, rules out the possibility that was that it was manipulated in a lab. Public health authorities have repeatedly said the virus was not created in a lab. Scientists believe the coronavirus originated in bats before jumping to humans. Experts have publicly rebuked Jan's paper, and it's unclear whether it was peer-reviewed. The claim is inaccurate and ridiculous. We rate it pants on fire. That was what PolitiFact wrote. But now, now they've added an editor's note that says the following, quote, when this fact check was first published in September 2020, PolitiFact sources included researchers who asserted that this virus could not have been manipulated. Well, that assertion is now more widely disputed. For that reason, we are removing this fact check from our database pending a more thorough review. Currently, we consider the claim to be unsupported by evidence and in dispute. The original fact check is in its entirety is preserved below, so you can still read it. Right? So PolitiFact is correct that the lab leak theory is unsupported in the sense that the evidence for it is circumstantial. Okay? 
But so is the other theory about it coming from some soup, right? Or the wet market. That's unsupported by evidence as well. Like that's a circumstantial evidence theory as well. But only one gets the treatment, right? Only one gets labeled pants on fire by PolitiFact. Why? Because that was what Donald Trump said. And that's what Tucker Carlson said. And that's what Republicans said. That's what conservatives said, right? That all of a sudden, like, you determine something to be false simply because of who's saying it. And that's not how you rate truth and falsity. That's not how you... Falsity? True and false. That's not how you measure veracity. It shouldn't be, at least. It shouldn't be. Um, Retired New York Times science editor Nicholas Wade went on Mark Levin's show, Life, Liberty, and Levin. And he said, quote, I think we see a sustained Chinese propaganda effort at work. Uh, he's discussing why he has focused on the coronavirus origins. He said, quote, uh, more than that, it was just the blindness, if I could put it that way, of our media. We're too polarized to see scientific issues for their own sake without putting a political gloss on them. We don't know for sure the origin of this virus. Um, it's just we've got two possible scenarios. But you look at all the evidence and you ask yourself, which scenario explains all the facts better? on present evidence. And it seems, to me at least, that the lab escape hypothesis explains it a lot better. Wade said the mainstream press has failed to leave politics aside when it comes to the important issue of the virus and its origin and instead do their job as journalists and take a balanced investigative approach to finding answers. Yeah. And this this has done so much damage to the credibility of the press. Their inability to see beyond Donald Trump and examine an issue that shouldn't have anything to do with Trump, right? It shouldn't. Okay, yes, he's saying some stuff, but you know what? Lots of people say stuff. Lots of politicians say stuff. It doesn't mean you have to treat it as something that you need to debunk if you're actually trying to find truth. You can just take it as a piece of information. Okay, that guy's saying this. Let's find out what's actually going on. You could approach it like that, but it's just this war and that SOB Johnson. <laughs> That's the, by the way, for folks who don't get that reference, that is from Forrest Gump. Remember where uh, Jenny's boyfriend, uh, when they're at the, when, when they're at the big peace rally or whatever, and then the boyfriend like punches her and Forrest Gump like loses his mind, like goes, he starts beating the tar out of the sky at a Black Panther party, remember? <laughs> and, uh, and then the next day, the abuser, the, the abusive boyfriend is uh, back at the bus and he's like, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it, but you know, it's just this war and that SOB Johnson, like, that's his excuse. There's always an excuse for the abuser, isn't there? Now, there is no excuse for using a real estate agent besides Rowena Patton and the All-Star Powerhouse team to buy or sell a house. I mean, if you want to support the program, then support the businesses that support the program. And also, she happens to be awesome. She and her All-Star Powerhouse team, they outsell 99% of the realtors in the state of North Carolina. She's the only agent we called when we went to buy our house. Couldn't recommend her highly enough. 828-333-4483. That's 828-333-4483. Um, and her website is mountainhomehunt.com, mountainhomehunt.com. Give her a call and then start packing. 
This now from Fox News. Three researchers from China's Wuhan Institute of Virology became sick enough in November 2019 that they sought hospital care, according to a previously undisclosed U.S. intelligence report that could add weight to growing calls for a fuller probe of whether the COVID-19 virus may have escaped from the lab. The details of the reporting go beyond a State Department fact sheet issued during the final days of the Trump administration, which said that several researchers at the lab became sick in fall of 2019 with symptoms consistent with both COVID-19 and common seasonal illness. The disclosure of the number of researchers, the timing of their illnesses, and their hospital visits come on the eve of a meeting of the World Health Organization's decision-making body, which is expected to discuss the next phase of an investigation into the virus's origins. Uh, Fox News goes on to report a little bit further down here that um, November 2019 is roughly when many epidemiologists and virologists believe that SARS-CoV-2, the virus behind the pandemic, first began circulating around the central Chinese city of Wuhan, where Beijing says the first confirmed case was a man who got sick on December 8th. The Wuhan Institute has not shared raw data, safety logs, or lab records on its extensive work with coronaviruses in bats, which many consider the most likely source of the virus. So Anthony Fauci, he appeared before a Senate committee the other day, and uh, Rand Paul, uh, Senator Rand Paul, had some questions about this gain-of-function research and the funding of these labs, some of the funding which coming from America. Here's that exchange. Dr. Fauci... We don't know whether the pandemic started in a lab in Wuhan or evolved naturally, but we should want to know. Three million people have died from this pandemic, and that should cause us to explore all possibilities. Instead, government authorities, self-interested in continuing gain-of-function research, say there's nothing to see here. Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, The U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. Juicing up super viruses is not new. Scientists in the U.S. have long known how to mutate animal viruses to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create super viruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the U.S. and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrick and Xi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus and then used this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research 
in the Wuhan Institute of Do they fund of Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina, not You don't think inserting in a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain-of-function? That is you would not... You the minority because... At least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant and you look at the uh, progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still support it. sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the to Wuhan uh, do Virology Institute. you support sending money? We did, under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency right. and a sub-grant. Do you support that the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected. Or perhaps it would be irresponsible China. to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Government scientists like yourself who favor gain of function research. I don't favor gain of function research in China. You are saying naturally. things that are not correct. Government defenders of gain of function, such as yourself, say that COVID-19 uh, mutations were random and not designed by man. But interestingly, the technique that Dr. Barrick developed forces mutations by serial passage through cell culture that the mutations appear to be natural. In fact, Dr. Barrick named the technique the noceum technique because the mutations appear naturally. Nicholas Baker in the New York Magazine said, nobody would know if the virus had been fabricated in a laboratory or grown in nature. Government authorities in the U.S., including yourself, unequivocally deny that COVID-19 could have escaped a lab. But even Dr. Xi in Wuhan wasn't so sure. According to Nicholas Baker, Dr. Xi wondered, could this new virus have come from her own laboratory? She checked her records frantically and found no matches. That really took a load off my mind, she said. I had not slept for days. The director of the gain-of-function research in Wuhan couldn't sleep because she was terrified that it might be in her lab. Dr. Barrick, an advocate of gain-of-function research, admits the main problem that the Institute of Virology has is the outbreak occurred in close proximity. What are the odds? Barrick responded, could you rule out a laboratory escape? The answer in this case is probably not. Will you, in front of this group, categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage in a laboratory? I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. However, I will repeat again, the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan 
Institute of but Virology. You do support it in the U.S. We have 11 labs doing it, and you have allowed it here. We have a committee to do it, but the committee has granted every exemption. You're you're fooling with Mother Nature here. You're allowing super viruses to be created with a 15% mortality. It's very dangerous. I think it was a huge mistake to share this with China, and it's a huge mistake to allow this to continue in the United States. And we should be very careful to investigate where this virus came from. I fully agree that you should investigate where the virus came from. But again, we have not funded gain-of-function research on this virus in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, you're, no matter how many times words, you say words, it, there it was research. Happen. There was research done with Dr. Xi and Dr. Barrick. They have collaborated on gain-of-function research where they enhanced the SARS virus to infect human airway cells, and they did it by merging a new spike protein on it. That is gain-of-function. That was joint research between the Wuhan Institute and Dr. Barrick. You can't deny it. Senator Paul, your time, time has expired. Dr. Fauci, I will We'll let you respond to that. We need to move on. Excuse me? You're, I will allow you to respond to that, and then we'll move on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to say, we, I, I don't know how many times I can say it, Madam Chair. We did not fund gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So he says they did not fund the Wuhan Institute of Virology. But what if they gave money to a group that funded the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We'll get into that in a second. First, you need to get yourself into a bed from Mattress Man. They are running a great deal right now, a free box spring at Mattress Man stores with the purchase of a mattress from the Biltmore Collection, inspired by our very own local landmark. Mattress Man is an exclusive retailer of the Biltmore Collection, and uh, these are made by Restonic, so you know you're going to be getting uh, you know, awesome uh, technology that's going to give you a more restorative and healthier sleep because it's got five support zones. So your spine is aligned and you get optimal balance of pressure point relief and support. Uh, and it's edge to edge sleep surfaces. Okay. So uh, a lot of times people like, like I sleep with one arm kind of hanging off the side and I've had mattresses in the past that like did not support the arm and it just ended up falling off the bed. And then uh, it would wake me up. It was just a hassle. Okay. So go down to Mattress Man. They got four stores in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville and uh, online at mattressmanstores.com and go check out the mattresses, lay on them, and they'll help walk you through like uh, what the best mattress is for you based on how you sleep. Because if you're a side sleeper or a stomach sleeper or back sleeper, you're going to have different types of pressure points, different needs from the mattress and they can help guide you the sleep consultants at mattress man they know their stuff five-star local delivery service nationwide shipping a 120-day comfort guarantee and synchrony finance offers zero down zero interest for up to 70 uh, 72 months for qualified applicants they have other flexible financing options so don't worry if you got some you know not so great credit it's okay head on down to mattressmanstores.com or any of their four locations and experience the difference at mattress man buy local and sleep better. All right. So at the Washington Examiner, a piece by Jerry Dunleavy, um, he uh, covered this uh, hearing that Fauci uh, uh, was at where he engaged with Rand Paul. And uh, Rand Paul pointed to two broad issues during that. Right. First, there's Dr. Ralph Barrick. He is at the Gillings School of Global Public Health here in North Carolina, UNC Chapel Hill, um, and his alleged collaboration with the Wuhan lab's top scientist, Shi Zhengli, also dubbed the Bat Lady. 
They've been running experiments related to the original SARS virus, and they've been doing this for years, or did it years ago. Second, the National Institutes for Health, uh, they've awarded grants that went to um, a, this EcoHealth Alliance. It's a New York-based group. It's run by Peter Daszak. And uh, that then that group, EcoHealth Alliance, then provided some of the funding to the Wuhan lab, which a Trump State Department fact sheet contended carried out secretive gain-of-function experiments. Okay, so this is where the allegation comes from. Health and Human Services defines gain-of-function research as research that, quote, improves the ability of a pathogen to cause disease, help define the fundamental nature of human-pathogen interactions, thereby enabling assessment of the pandemic potential of emerging infectious agents. And it warns that gain-of-function studies, quote, may entail biosafety and biosecurity risks. No, really? Yeah, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) There are some risks associated with this stuff. As I understand it, and I'm not a scientist or anything, obviously, but as I understand it, uh, what this gain-of-function stuff does is it's like, okay, well, you know a virus is going to go through mutations, right? You know that, that it happens. It's the natural cycle of things, right? But you don't have time to wait around to see how it's going to mutate. So what if we can you know, mutate it faster, right? If we can speed that up, we can give it gain-of-function, right? You give it extra abilities, specialized abilities to see what happens if it mutates like this. And so that's my understanding of what this research is about. And I could be wrong, but that's my understanding of it. Um, EcoHealth Alliance has gotten almost $4 million uh, between 2014 and 2020. And this guy, Peter Daszak, who is the the head of this EcoHealth Alliance, uh, was also a key member of the study team for the WHO and uh, steered at least $600,000 in NIH funding to the Wuhan lab for the bat coronavirus research and criticized the Biden administration earlier this year for when the Biden administration appeared skeptical of the World Health Organization's findings and defending China to um, to the Chinese uh, Communist Party linked outlets. Okay, so this guy, Peter Daszak, uh, he's definitely on board with the research. He's definitely on board with, you know, defending China from these types of accusations. Um, yeah, he's he criticized the the Biden administration because they were like, we're not so sure about this report from the WHO. And you'll recall we covered it at the time because 60 Minutes, remember, they did this big story about the investigation and how the, the researchers, like they weren't given access to various areas of the labs they weren't allowed to look at the uh the data and so then they put out this report and the report is basically like you know we should only focus on the on the bat soup theory (laughs) everything else is ruled out even though they had no uh evidence that actually could lead one to rightfully rule that stuff out U.S. Embassy officials in China have raised concerns and have been doing so since 2018 about the biosecurity um at this Wuhan lab led by the bat lady, the WIV, um, who had worked, by the way, with the EcoHealth Alliance and Peter Daszak. Uh, so the, the U.S. Embassy has been saying, whoa, 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 the security is kind of lax at this facility. 
Right? So again, Occam's razor. You put all this stuff together and it it leads you to the more obvious conclusion that there's something there, right? That you get people who come down sick with symptoms that are very COVID-y and that happens before the pandemic begins. You've got both of these uh, facilities that are conducting the very kinds of research connected to this kind of uh, virus, right? You've got the the wet market that's nearby, which conveniently becomes the scapegoat, right? Conveniently, oh, it came from this. It's the bat soup. And if you criticize that, you're criticizing the Chinese culture and you're racist. Very convenient. You've got all this funding that was going into these labs to pay for this type of research, which is pretty risky, if you ask me. Um, it just seems more likely than not that this is the explanation. And again, I can have that opinion without uh, necessarily accusing China of doing it on purpose. It is entirely possible. In fact, I think it's more likely that it was a lab leak. It was an accident. I mean, there I, I've seen some stories where like some researcher like came down sick on two different occasions. One time he got bat blood all over him. One time he got bat urine all over him and he had to go, go and quarantine himself. Um, so like this is the kind of work these people were doing. A State Department fact sheet that was released in mid-January contended that the Wuhan lab researchers conducted experiments involving the bat coronavirus identified by the Wuhan Institute of Virology in January 2020 as its closest sample to SARS-CoV-2, and that the lab, quote, has a published record of conducting gain-of-function research to engineer Viruses. The fact sheet added that the lab has, quote, engaged in classified research, including laboratory animal experiments on behalf of the Chinese military. The NIH told the Washington Examiner earlier this year that the Wuhan lab is not an NIH grantee. Okay, so the NIH is not giving money to the Wuhan lab. But EcoHealth Alliance, they are a grantee. And EcoHealth Alliance is funding the Wuhan Institute. The National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases determined that the research in the grant was not gain-of-function research because it did not involve the enhancement of the pathogenicity or transmissibility of the viruses studied, according to the NIH. Okay, so this is, the, this is why when Fauci was saying, like, we're not funding gain-of-function research, this is why they're saying that. Because it did not involve the enhancement of the pathogenicity or transmissibility of the viruses studied. And Rand Paul is saying that that's not accurate. That you're, they're still doing gain-of-function research, but you've defined it in a way that now allows you to say that you're not. And again, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. But um, if you look at the work that these people, like, Barrick and she like what these people were doing and have been doing for years uh, seems pretty obvious that this is what they were engaged in but again just going by the reports here um, Tom Cotton let me circle back here uh, he posted a series of tweets on Twitter uh, which is where generally you find tweets the common sense case for a lab leak he says it is the same now as it was in January 2020 when I first mentioned this possibility he said at the time, isn't it strange that this once-in-a-century bat coronavirus pandemic just happened to emerge within a few miles of China's biggest lab researching bat coronaviruses? 
Shouldn't we at least look at that lab? This was last year, he said this, over a year ago. Three Wuhan lab researchers, now we know, went to the hospital with COVID symptoms in November 2019, a month before the first confirmed case of the disease. He says it's time for the Communist Chinese, uh, Chinese Communist Party to come clean about what happened at the lab. Good luck. <laughs> Again, they're communists. They lie. They're not going to tell you the truth. All right. It's not going to happen. Um, Because, again, communists. Evidence of a lab leak has been building for months, Senator Cotton says, lacks safety conditions at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, similarities between research at the lab and features of the virus, patents for bat cages and other live animal research tools that have been filed by the Wuhan Institute of Virology. He says the lab leak hypothesis was always reasonable, but reporters and activists in white lab coats nonetheless spent the better part of a year denouncing it as a conspiracy theory. They were wrong. But that's not what's most important now, he says. What's important is truth and accountability. Well, I agree that's important, truth and accountability, but I also think that you don't get that unless um, you call out the people that were wrong, which is why I'm doing this today. And... Uh, naming the outlets and the reporters and stuff, the people who were pushing these notions that this is all just a conspiracy craziness. No, it it wasn't, and it still isn't. And you allowed your personal political bias and or agenda to cloud the work that the American people and the world needed at that time. And for that, uh, you should bear the shame. The United States and the world, he says, must demand a full and partial investigation into the COVID-19 origins with a special focus on the Wuhan labs. Um, The WIV and uh, the Wuhan CDC need to open their doors and databases for a full audit. Good luck with that. The uh, Chinese Communist Party needs to stop obstructing investigators, destroying evidence and telling ridiculous lies. Good luck with that. Americans also deserve answers from our own public health officials, such as Dr. Fauci, uh, about U.S. involvement in bat coronavirus research at this Wuhan lab. If we want closure in the aftermath of this pandemic and if we want to avert the next one, we must learn about its origin. That means we must look at the lab in Wuhan and the experimental research its scientists performed. Okay, Uh, this would make sense. And and I'm sure Cotton knows this, by the way, Uh, this would make more sense if you did not know anything about communist China's plans. Okay. They, uh, they intend to dominate the globe world domination. This is the plan. Okay. Um, and, uh, I'm sure Senator Cotton knows this. So like this idea that like we, we demand you be more open. Um, yeah, they're not going to care about what you demand because they're they're, They, they look at you as inferior and to be conquered. This is, and, and you can, you, you get a real good sense of it. Uh, there's a, a new book that is out uh, written by a, uh, an, a, a woman who was imprisoned in one of their uh, gulags and, uh, sorry, re-education facilities. Is that what they call them? Concentration camp in the Xinjiang province. We'll get to that in a second. First, get to Old Grouch's military surplus, downtown Clyde. Okay, first aid kits, camp stoves, backpacks, ammo cans, gun accessories, all of your 
needs for real U.S. military surplus can be met at Old Grouch's military surplus. Um, he gets body armor in. He gets a lot of really unique things. A while back, he got some concertina wire and stuff. Um, so he just gets unique things. He's always, you know, looking on the internet or he goes to these shows and he's picking up new stuff all the time. Uh, so by the way, if you've got some military surplus that you're looking to get rid of or you want to get priced, take it down to Old Grouch's Military Surplus, downtown Clyde on Main Street. The shop is open Monday through Saturday and 24-7 at oldgrouch.com. Over at thefederalist.com, uh, there's a story about Syragul South Bay. Said Bay. Um, she was held in a government-run concentration camp in China's Xinjiang province, where she was forced to sign a paper mandating her own death if she spoke about the atrocities that she saw at the camp. She escaped. She has raised awareness ever since about the horrors that are being perpetrated against the Uyghur people. She's received an International Woman of Courage Award from the former U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo back in 2020. She's now got a book called The Chief Witness, Escape from China's Modern Day Concentration Camps. And she wrote it along with journalist Alexandra Kavilius. Came out earlier this month. It's available from the publisher Scribe. Excerpts have been published by the Daily Mail, and they reveal stories of torture, organ harvesting, gang rapes, and plans for global dominance from the gulags of the Chinese Communist Party. And I'm not going to get into all of the horrific details here, except for this one last part about the world domination. She recalls seeing classified papers from Beijing outlining a plan to overtake Europe by 2055. The first step alongside the years 2014 to 2015 was to, quote, assimilate those who are willing in Xinjiang and then eliminate those who are not. OK, so this was the, the, the chart or whatever that she saw 2014, so seven years ago. This was to assimilate the people, the Uyghurs, or eliminate those who will not assimilate. Step two called for the annexing of neighboring countries between 2025 and 2035. China has already started to test its borders. In 2020, for example, the Chinese government built 11 buildings inside uh, a district in Nepal, a district called the Humla, and it denied Nepal's claim to that district. Um, in the same year, 2020, last year, the Chinese Communist Party passed a security law over Hong Kong and used it to charge and then imprison pro-democracy lawmakers and activists. The third step, according to this book, to be achieved between 2035 and 2055 was, quote, the occupation of Europe. I mean, people can deny and ignore this as much as they want. It doesn't make it go away. It doesn't make this any less of a threat and we're watching right now as people already start to assimilate to this the uh the and acquiesce to the the 30 tyrants um it's a it's a piece anyway point is uh just today the wrestler guy turned actor john cena uh, apparently he's promoting a movie he's like fast and furious 4002 or something like that it, i don't know they're they've made a bunch of them anyway He's promoting this uh, he's promoting this movie and he apparently referred to Taiwan as a country. 
And this greatly offended and upset the Chinese government. And so John Cena put out a video where, and he's been learning Mandarin. He's been teaching himself. He's been learning this for years and stuff. So like the people in China, like love John Cena because he speaks their language, literally, right? He's learning to speak their language. And so they like him and, uh, and he's movie star, whatever. And he's, you know, gregarious. He's, you know, funny guy, whatever. Um, but he makes this video apologizing very, 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 very sorry, like over the top, effusively, you know, uh, apologetic for uh, for giving offense to anybody. Never saying, I'm, I'm sorry I called Taiwan a country. So he caved for the money. And that's what a lot of people are doing. That's the th- reference to the 30 tyrants. Um, you can look it up, the 30 tyrants. These were... This was a a group of people that ruled over uh, their local population uh, after they were conquered. And um, they were totally fine with the Spartan uh, uh, rulers. And so they they did their bidding. They eventually, by the way, were uh, overthrown. But that's the 30 tyrants. And that's what we're seeing right now. There are people in our society that are okay because they're taking... Uh, the money from China there maybe they're getting power for it as well and prestige whatever like they they've parlayed this into success for themselves and they're not willing to fight they're not willing to object to this stuff and so here you know just creeping 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 and before you know it skinny jeans are banned and you think I'm kidding skinny jeans are banned in North Korea North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un has reportedly outlawed skinny jeans and mullets as well. Um, he calls them non-socialist haircuts. These are his latest efforts to keep young people under control. The despot is said to fear, quote, decadent Western influence on the country's youth amid fears it could cause his regime to crumble. Because that's what one does, obviously, when one is... <laughs> when one is secure in their system of governance, uh, they, they're very worried that tatters in the pants will lead to the overthrow of the society. Ripped and skinny jeans. Although I will say for the skinny jeans component, I'm on board with this. They're an abomination. They could very well, maybe that's what's happening in America. We went to the skinny jeans and now look, like it's our downfall. Maybe he's onto something there. He calls the mullet an extravagant haircut. Okay, now you lost me. Now you're insane. The mullet is not an extravagant haircut. That's just craziness. All right. That is a wrap for the episode. I appreciate you listening. Thanks so much. Remember, subscribe to the show. You can do that very easily by going to thepetecalendarshow.com and clicking on the subscribe button. Talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.